0: Hello gorgeous people and welcome to another TV Central one-on-one podcast. I'm Aaron Ryan. This is episode nine, 2023. I'm calling this an extra special podcast because we have Australian television royalty in the house, a conservative professional, a media icon. It is 60 minutes correspondent and under investigation presenter, Liz Hayes. Perhaps we should call this podcast, Liz Hayes under investigation. Liz, thanks for joining me this morning at TV Central.
1: Good morning Aaron how
0: are you? I'm fantastic. Well, let's start with Under Investigation 28 episodes I believe after four seasons, season 5 began last week. By the way, massive ratings overnight 415,000 which is big at 9 p.m. and then we have the total TV ratings coming in uh tomorrow. What do you think has resonated with the audience?
1: Uh, good question um i think uh it is original content so it's you know we are not showing you old stuff um it's a pr- brand new program i guess um and we'll, what we're trying to do is shine a light on uh, any number of mysteries and investigate any number of subjects so it's predominantly crime but we have ventured into other spaces i think um and i'm learning that um uh, people are fascinated by other people, and particularly uh, in circumstances that they can't imagine themselves being in. Crime is one of those things that not many of us, despite what we might think, participate in. And and it makes us wonder why and why people do the things they do. Also, there's an element of wanting to try and solve the crime. Lots of people try and, um, you know, work out for themselves, uh-huh, you know, who did it and uh, uh-huh. So I, I think that's just been around forever and that hasn't changed. But what I didn't know particularly until I started this was that women really love um, crime. And, um, and, and I think it's that fascination with psychology and, and mm-hmm. how people think and, and why they do the things they
0: do. Well, being in the news division, um, you're well aware of the stories that you cover and what angles have been covered in the media previously. But my understanding, though, is that you've been shocked by some of the the angles coming from the experts. Is that right?
1: Uh, Look, I find uh, the whole point of this is to have um, experts around a table. The concept we try and uh, tell them all is that we're basically at a dinner table and we've thrown up a subject and they're all experts in different fields and I want to hear from each of them about what they might think. Now they may not agree on everything at all and in fact tonight's episode is a classic example of that or the episode of Where's Willie is a um, uh, well is a classic episode of where people have different views but also there's another one coming up um, about a marine a maritime uh, a mystery where just about n- no one at the table agrees But they all have an expertise, and I think then that's when I get surprised. I think because I come with all this knowledge as well. I've had to research, and I think, oh, okay, I've got a sense of where we Mm. might be going on this. And sometimes they'll just pop something up and they'll be like, what? (laughs) But (laughs) but I think that's good. I think that's great because that's the point of experts.
0: Mm. In some episodes, um, you'll present a case and then perhaps show the movements of, of a neighbour and by the end of that segment, uh, with all that evidence, I'm 100% certain that person had some, you know, some involvement um, in whatever mystery it is, and then in the next segment, you, you might profile the, the ex, ex-partner and show a scenario um, about them and then I'm 100% they're involved and then I just get confused. <laughs> Do you often have your own theories?
1: Uh, yes, I, yes, I do have my own theories, but that's where these experts do come in, and well, they'll debunk my theories. I'll say, but what about such and such? And they'll go, no, 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 this, if you know this, then you would know that. There is a, a, a maritime mystery coming up where, um, it, for all intents and purposes, it, it it could go any way, but then there's this very smart woman at the table who goes, let me tell you about the weather, <laughs> <laughs> and it's Oh, okay, the weather. Oh, we've got about the weather, which might have affected everything back then. So, um, yeah, you know, it's. I think that's what I love. I, I just love the ability to broaden my mind, even though I've come with what I think is a lot of information and my own personal thoughts. I love the fact that I'm challenged. And I'm, I love the fact that I, I can have my mind changed right there and then.
0: Well, last week's episode about uh, Ray and Jenny Kellett was uh, fascinating. I know looking in hindsight, it's a little unfair, but I just cannot believe the police conduct at the start of the investigation. It seemed they were thinking Ray had fallen down the shaft and and, and it was an accident, but they didn't find Jenny. So an accident seems implausible. I mean, did I miss something?
1: (laughs) No, you didn't. And and to try and be fair to all parties, um, the police were coming in uh, with a mindset that there's people have gone missing, and um, two people have gone missing, and then when they do find this body, I think, I think um, certainly it, it should have occurred to police at least at that point when they find mm. a body that something's wrong because the other body or the other person is still missing. Normally, I believe in these scenarios, a, a smart thing would be to just cordon off the campsite and start there. And 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 all you're doing is ruling out um mm. potential crime. It's not like you're pointing the finger immediately. You're doing what is protocol. And I think that maybe some some evidence could have been lost in that situation. And and it does appear that there was a bit of conflict within the police about how to deal with this uh, particular um crime. And I think it is a crime that has occurred. I think it's clear that mm. Ray Kellett has uh, been murdered
0: do you think honestly there'll be a break in in this case or will be a mystery for a long while
1: it's very hard to tell Um, i think what everybody agreed at the table was is if we could find jenny then we might find out a whole lot more Uh, she is very much a key to this investigation but obviously um uh information also from others who might know something And, and, and that's the bottom line here when we shine lights on these stories and some of them can be really cold cases like freezing cold cases but when you shine a heavy light on them with time you know somebody knows something they do there's always somebody who knows something and time some uh, occasionally allows people to feel safe in coming forward and I hope that's what will happen
0: well, tonight's episode is about a celebrity chef. Um, can you give me a rundown on the on the focus for this episode?
1: Now, this is a fascinating story. This is like a Midsummer murder. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's in a small village in the Dandenong Ranges. There's Australia's first celebrity chef. He was a, a star of TV and radio. I didn't know Willie Copen beforehand Um, he introduced Australia to the smorgasbord and who doesn't love that Um, he was a by all accounts a a, a fabulously um, uh, vibrant man um, and and, and incredibly successful he ran this restaurant called the Cuckoo um, and uh, he and his wife uh, she was front of house he was the chef and just it became the place to go. Right? It was where all the celebrities went. It's where the prime ministers went. It was just one of those places in the 70s that was rocking. And um, it, it, as it evolves, there are affairs taking place. There, there are cliques of friends. There's a bit of hostility building. Yeah. Um, but this one night, which all happens at the restaurant, something obviously goes wrong. Uh, and Willie is never seen again, and he has not been seen again. And it took until two thousand and eighteen for a, coron- a coronial inquest to determine that Willie was not coming back. That he and you know remember he went missing in nineteen seventy six. So um, I think this is a classic case of uh, somebody could pretty much solve this pretty quickly. I think.
0: Well, I think there's been every theory on on this one murder escape suicide. Um, Will you be covering all those angles or sticking with the most likely outcome, which is that he has been murdered and as the body has never been found, it just remains a mystery?
1: Uh, No, we we absolutely um, uh, address, you know, did he fake his own disappearance? Um, Did he commit suicide? Um, Yes. Has he just vanished because he wants to vanish? Uh, or has something occurred that uh, doesn't add up? And I think um, our experts at the table will address that very well. Remember, Willie's daughter, Sabina, is also at the table. She's a lawyer by trade as well. Um, and she's wow. wanted to know, as ha- as has her siblings, uh, have her siblings uh, wanted to know what's going on here. And they were asked some very hard questions. And one of them is to their own mother.
0: Wow. Can you um, tell me a little bit about next week's episode? Um, that's the Dr. Manick episode, right?
1: Yes, um, Dr. Manick is a forensic pathologist who uh, is hired to. Well, he's he's hired to come to South Australia as the chief um, science man, uh, the chief forensic officer, a pathologist, um, and he's from the UK, but he's never properly qualified. And everybody knows that from the get-go, that he's not qualified for this job. And it is understood that he will get the qualifications. Uh, Those who hire him believe that he has agreed to get these qualifications, but he doesn't. And um, he uh, conducts something like 10,000 autopsies. There are something like 400 cases that he gives um, uh, testimony to He becomes a very critical voice in a lot of cases uh, because I think we've all come to believe that the science doesn't lie. There it is looking at us and, you know, and the secrets of the death can be revealed by people like uh, Dr Manick. Uh, But you will see that what a flawed uh, approach this was. This man never got his proper qualifications and he was highly uh, questioned. About his uh, ability, and indeed uh, was some of his evidence was viewed as not fit for purpose. Wow, which really raises a terrible I mean people who went to jail shouldn't have gone to jail. people yeah. who might have had to people who should have faced up to crimes never did because of his uh, flawed um, uh, evidence on occasion. so it's, it's, it's a damning story, really. It's a terrible story. Uh, But it's a story that needs to be told. And, and there are unresolved issues regarding that.
0: All right. So some big episodes coming up um, with the Celebrity Chef tonight, and um, that story uh, next week and the Maritime one that that, uh, you mentioned earlier coming up as well. So some big episodes. I want to um, touch on your work with 60 Minutes. I'm, I'm pretty sure you've covered every major world event and crisis, including US elections, earthquake and tsunami, Japan, nuclear conflict between America and North Korea um there's good old hunting down dolly dunn and and jordan belford but as i'm watching over some of your work it it wasn't a major event or a celebrity that seemed to shake shake you a little but rather one solitary human Um, and that was the claire oliver story can you tell me about the impact that had on you
1: look the impact of that was uh that i was looking into the eyes of a young woman who was about to die And I don't think I've ever been um, moved so much as this young woman who invited me to her bedside to tell me why she wanted the world to know that she had made a mistake and it's a mistake she didn't want other young women to make, and that was to seek out the tan, the suntan. And um, she had gone to solariums and she was of the opinion that, you know, the solarium to get the tan was... A, a fatal flaw uh, in her decision making, and certainly her doctors agreed with her. So she was literally going to die, and um and it it just moved me beyond belief that she didn't have to die, that mm. she was telling me, I don't want to die. I have so much more to do. And i, I, I it is just uh, painful on every level. I just felt absolutely bereft because there was nothing, um, nothing I could do. Mm. All I could do was um, tell her um, tell her story, and and try and give her some peace that this this terrible, you know, short life was not going to be forgotten. That she had done something really good, and and she did. Mm. Um, the laws were changed after that. But I, I just was so moved um, by the terribleness of this situation and um, it's stayed with me ever since.
0: Yeah, it was a beautiful story. I mentioned that you've covered um, many world events and natural disasters, chased down some crooks and looked into the humanity of of people like with Claire. With everything you've seen and done, what lessons have you taken away from it all in in terms of, of humanity? Uh, what
1: occurs to me is that we're all the same. We all want the same things. It doesn't matter what part of the world you come from. It doesn't even necessarily matter what your belief system is. Ultimately, while you're on this earth, you're probably chasing the same thing, and that is um, happiness, peace of mind, um, just a sense of being valuable, you know, worthy, uh they're they're fundamental um parts of our being and um one of the things that struck me it was really early on my early on in my career and you would you would think uh a refugee camp in Pakistan might be just an awful place. But I walked in and there were these little kids running and laughing and I thought, yes, every kid sounds the same, the laughter's the same, the joy mm. that you can eke out of no matter your situation was just joyful to see, even though this was a terrible place really. These are little kids who, with their parents, are on some terrible journey to escape where they've been and hoping to go somewhere better But in amongst all of that were um, mums and dads fighting for a better life, um, wanting a better life, and kiddies still managing to play and and have innocence and joy. And I thought, that's us. That's doesn't matter where you go. That's the same. We all want the same things.
0: The first thing that um, comes to mind about you, Liz, is your composure. Um, you're always calm, considered and concise in your approach to your work. Is is that the same for Liz Hayes when the cameras aren't on? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, you know,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm as emotional as the next person. In fact, I think I'm a little more emotional than I should be. I, um I, I, I can tear up in no time, and I try hard not to. I don't think it's a handy thing to be a reporter who constantly dissolves into tears. And, and you could do that so easily. Just about every story could bring you, you know, to some place in your mind. But I, I, look, it's uh, it, I guess in many respects, it's like those people who do all those jobs that not many of us want to do. The the policemen, the ambulance, the front line workers who have to face terribleness at some level. Um, I, 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 don't, I, I applaud, but I don't know how they do it, those who do um, fight child abuse, um, who are on the front line of all of that. That's so terrible. But um, you learn, I guess, to put some shields up because you have to, otherwise mm. you can't get the next word out. Um, so you do learn those things. But no, I'm 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 the proverbial duck. My little legs are <laughs> <laughs> underwater, you know, paddling furiously on occasions too. So no, I'm I'm as every bit as human as the rest of us.
0: <laughs> you would never know, though. Um, did Did you ever look at yourself as a role model? Um, like looking back in hindsight, I know that um, there's many women in the media that credit yourself and people like Tracy Grimshaw and Jana and Vent. Um, and a few others as the motivation and inspiration to work in the media?
1: No, I'm definitely not a role model. I didn't see myself as a role model. I think what happens is longevity places you there. And um, I can credit myself for longevity. The The journey there um, was pretty interesting. Um, I came through that era where, um, you know, women were, in my opinion, second-class citizens. Uh, you know, we weren't expected to be much more than um, attractive adornments mm. <laughs> in some way. So uh, I credit my mother as a great role model who made sure I believed believed that I didn't have to be what everybody was saying I had to be. But I, I, I wandered, and you know humbled sometimes my way through that period of my career and encountered everything you can imagine and dealt with just about everything you can imagine and somehow rather popped up but i i do believe one of the things i if i could impart I mean, it's not even necessary today which is the beautiful thing so many things don't have to be done the way we did it um, because the laws have changed attitudes have changed beliefs have changed women are every bit as fabulous as all those great men, we are equals on so many levels, um, particularly in a career sense. So, but um I, I would say if you can hang on to what you know to be true, and that's hard sometimes, but hang on to that. Mm-hmm. Um, it will keep you in good stead. I you know sometimes you'll you'll be challenged and and think that I can't speak up now or I shouldn't. And and you do have to think about that. You sometimes have you have to think about the battles. Will I have this battle today? Is it worth this battle? What are the consequences? You have, you do have to sometimes think that through, but ultimately ultimately you will not let yourself down if you stand by what you know to be true.
0: Yeah, beautiful. And finally, can I ask if there's anything left on on the bucket list in terms of either personal or even professional stuff stories that you would still like to do?
1: Oh, um, I'm not a big fan of celebrity interviews and so I, I, I find those difficult because no one the person you're interviewing interviewing quite often doesn't want to be there either, and I don't <laughs> want to be there if they don't want to be there. You know, it, it, they come with so many strings attached, and 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 they're just hard to do. And you just feel like every step of the way is a battle. So, celebrity interviews are not my favorite. So, when I strike a good one, and what I mean by that is somebody, some celebrity has come with you know a, a clear understanding and 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 wants to be there, they're great. But um, I I I I just have been blessed to see so much of the world and to meet so many extraordinary people and the extraordinary people to me are the everyday people, those people who just, just money and position and location hasn't been their friend, but they've somehow risen above uh, terribleness and challenges and I applaud those people. They're the they're my heroes, and I love those stories. I prefer those stories.
0: Wow. Well, Liz, you truly are an icon, professional, composed, and a real beacon of integrity. And um, thank you for joining me here at TV Central. It was a privilege chatting to you, and please never retire.
1: <laughs> well, you know, sometimes that's out of your hands yeah. <laughs> in the television. In the television world. But, um, no, I'd like to think that I have, whatever I've got the energy and the inclination, I can still do something. So, And thank you very much, Aaron. That's a lovely, lovely chat.
0: All right. That was Liz Hayes. Under investigation is 9pm Wednesday nights um, and 60 minutes is Sunday nights around 8.40 on 9 and 9 now. That's it for this episode. For all the latest news, podcasts, streaming info, guides and ratings, head to tvcentral.com.au. Until next time, I'm Aaron Ryan. Thanks to Liz Hayes. Bye for now.